1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
0: At the 50, at the 10, at the 5, still going. Look at the it go. Bullseye! It's a Buffalo touchdown!
1: happening everybody episode two bullseye the UB Bulls football podcast we're here um, happy to have you guys back again you know I hope you all had a, a beautiful and blessed 4th uh, of July weekend with friends and family and you know I uh, just wanted to get back into to the swing of things uh, getting another show out there for you but before we get into any UB heavy discussions I wanted to first talk about this new Thing that's come about in college football, the name, image, and likeness uh, situation. And, and it's been crazy. First off, as a former college football player, especially as a walk-on, you know, that's definitely something that this is something that I'm so happy to see that the kids are going to be able to take advantage of. It's been a long time coming just for the fact that, you know, I think when the NCAA first instituted its rules on amateurism i get it you know the the intent was to make sure that the kids that were playing were competing and doing so in a fashion where they were separated out from pro athletes and 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 to even think back to when college football really began and really was uh getting its 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 foothold on things it was really even before pro sports were as big as they were to get and i'm not even saying uh where they're at today cuz obviously where they're at today is a whole different discussion but to even say where you know people didn't even consider pro sports as high level of competition as as college sports so you know like i said it was a whole different world back then so to fast forward to today um, even back when i was playing you know the the year that i spent at ub it's crazy to think that you know some of the things that went on That I saw, you know, obviously being able to see someone like Khalil Mack every day, you know, I know for a fact he would have been able to cash in on something like this. And, you know, I think it it just goes to show that, you know, it's a new day and age for for these kids and that everybody needs to be treated um, just like everybody else in society. You know, at one one point I've always thought is so crazy about the situation is the fact that, you know, in any other form of society, you can get a paid internship. You can, you're allowed to shadow. You're allowed to, you know, all these different opportunities that allow you to be able to get the experience before you necessarily get out into the field. Um, and, and that's essentially what playing college football is, you know, if you're trying to go to the pro levels, but outside of being able to play the game, there is no compensation. And yes, you know, I understand scholarships, academic scholarships are definitely worth Uh, you know, a a ton of money. I I totally get that. Some of these schools are upwards of $70,000 a semester. But at the same time, too, you know, these kids aren't even allowed to work. That's one aspect, you know, with the, with when it comes to meetings and practice times and lifting times mixed in with your school schedule, mixed in with your study hall schedule. I mean, it's really, not feasible to, to see a kid working throughout the year, let alone in season, you know, in season, you can, you could kiss that goodbye, you know, trying to, you know, trying to schedule time for work, but the off season, even then it is tough, you know, trying to do your, your conditioning, your winter training, summer training, spring training, whatever the case is. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I'm so thankful for, for these kids, because, you know, like I said, you know, I was at, I was at UB at a time where, Number forty six jerseys were being sold in the UB bookstore, but Clomac wasn't necessarily profiting off that. And you know, it, it reminds me of a story um, that Chris Weber talked about in the uh, the Fab Five 30 for Thirty doc. You know, he he said the day he knew the NCAA was really messed up was you know similar to what I was saying about Mac. You know, he was seeing his number four jerseys being sold in the school's bookstore. But he couldn't even afford to, to buy lunch that day. But at the same time, too, it would be an NCAA violation for Steve Fisher, their head coach back then, to buy him and his teammates McDonald's, let alone, you know, giving them cash payments to come to the school. So again, it's just, you know, I, I know there are so many different things that, that this whole situation has brought about with questions and things of like, of that nature. I know a lot of people are really excited about the potential of the espn or the uh, ea sports uh, college football and college basketball games to return you know so it's definitely an exciting thing but you know just to go back a little bit you know the whole concept of name image and likeness is the fact that you can make money off of your own person off of your own name off of your own image so what does that mean so that means that Let's say a company wants to partner with you and says, Hey, you know, we know you're going to be home throughout the summer. We want to be able to do uh, football camps with your name saying that you're sponsoring it and that, you know, you're the person overseeing it and having some backing, not necessarily the financial backing of it, but just the fact that you're being placed as the face of it. You know, so that is something that kids and in, in, uh, college athletes in years past never were able to do. And, you know, we, we've talked about or we've seen all the different stories, you know, whether it's Johnny Manziel talking about the autograph signings that he used to do or whether that's uh, Terrell Pryor getting, uh, you know, getting into some hot water for selling off his bowl rings. You know, there, those are certain things now that those are free game. Um, you know, it, the, the, the interesting thing, though, about it at this point in time is the fact that, you know, there's really a lot of gray area. Each state is really on its own. You know, some states took the initiative to put rules in place for them, for themselves and their respective schools. Um, they Some schools did that as, as early as two years ago. I remember California being one of the first to do so with that. But at the same time, too, the NCAA is really given the ball, let the ball be in the courts of respective states because everybody is going to be essentially... Until there's a a full-fledged flatline litigation or or legislation on everything, it's really free game. And the NCAA has said, basically, you know, hey, you can make your own rules to to an extent of how you want to handle this, because you know, some, for example, some states don't want kids uh, using their schools' logos, but others. Are okay with that, and you know some places don't want kids promoting alcohol or tobacco products and things of that nature. Others are okay with it. So, like I said, it's really no flatline thing. So it's really, um, I mean, it's it's a it's a new day and age again, like I mentioned. But you know, it's it's crazy to see. I mean, we we've even seen it as soon as um, everything got going. You know, Kevin Marks Jr. was able to announce that he's going to be doing something. Um, so Marks announced that he'll be working with this uh, this organization called Playmaker. Um, it's a talent marketing um, agency. So, you know, they're going to be compensating him and other student athletes for um, endorsements and, you know, trying to use them as, like I said, figures um, in their marketing campaigns and things of that, of that nature. So, again, this is something that is really groundbreaking. Um, you know, there was actually two other student athletes in UB's athletic department, who signed on, um, in these NIL deals. So it's, it's really, it's really, uh, uncharted territory, but it, like I said before, it's, it's about time, you know, the fact that, you know, we had situations like, you know, for example, you know, obviously Reggie Bush is probably the, the poster child of this and his situation is even a little different just for the fact that, you know, he did take money, but at the same time too, he really didn't take money for his play, it was, it was more so his family was, was taken care of. Like, yes, he, his, it was something that directly impacted him because his family was put in a better situation, but at the same time too, you know, we're not going to have situations like those come about as much. So now, you know, if they do, then a student athlete truly is in the wrong, you know, whereas before it's like, well, in this position that they were put in, yes, they might be, you know, superstar Heisman Trophy winning level student athlete. But at the same time, too, those, those, those kids weren't necessarily protected just for the simple fact that, you know, it's not like they were able to work, but the schools are making millions off of them. You know, I, again, I, I go back to another prior situation. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin last week when, when they were talking a little bit about this situation there was a suite um, at the Coliseum, the LA Coliseum, because Keyshawn Johnson is an, an alum of uh, University of uh, Southern California. So U- USC star himself as well. He was saying how there was a suite named after him that he had no idea of until he went back to campus. And of course, you know, they're selling out those suites every home game and things, um, all the home games and things of that nature. So to think that, they're making his they're making money off of his name still to this day. And he still hasn't seen a check for that. And that's coming from someone who is out of college, who went on to have a, a successful NFL career, Super Bowl champion. Like, this isn't a guy that, you know, did his thing at USC and then that was it. You know, he was done playing football and that was it for him. Like, no, he's been in the limelight. So they probably can still get get a hold of him and reach him, but Apparently that wasn't the case there. So, you know, again, it's just a very, very unique, uh, time. But again, it's, it's been long overdue. You know, the kids really deserve it. And, you know, I just want to see everybody get, get, uh, the money that they rightfully deserve, you know, because the, the interesting thing about this is it's really however you can best cash in. You know, yes, some student athletes may be able to use a platform more so to, draw in followers, but some already have great followings already. So they might be able to take advantage of that. Like I said, again, it's just something that I really truly believe is going to take um college sports, specifically college football and basketball to the next level. And, you know, we'll just uh, be waiting out to see how things pan out from here. So moving forward, you know, talking a little bit about the program with UB, uh, I, I mentioned to you guys last week that you know, we wanted to be able to touch on, you know, the coaching staff and just how strong of a group this really is. You know, like I mentioned before, Coach Malonquist has a, a, a great uh, resume himself with all the different stops he's had coaching in the NFL, coaching in several different power five conferences. But he's got such a unique staff with him as well. And, you know, first, I wanted to start off with Shane Montgomery. Um, the new offensive coordinator. You know, he he had stints with re- as recently as as a uh, James Madison and Charlotte, uh, Youngstown State, as well. But you know, he he's had so many different guys come across his path. You know, he actually was an assistant coach at Chattanooga when um, To was there. He also his his probably his crowning achievement is probably coaching. Um, at Miami of Ohio, where he worked with a guy named Ben Roethlisberger, who obviously is a uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champ. So, you know, that's that's a, a name that you can't just uh, sniff at lightly. And, you know, Coach Montgomery brings over 30 years of experience as a coach. So I think having someone like him on the offensive side of the ball, especially with the defensive prowess that Coach Lund- Lundquist has, you know, he'll really be able to Run the show there and, um, you know, hopefully he's able to get the best out of Kyle Van Treese and, um, be able to produce another successful year for Kevin Marks. Next up is Joe, uh, Cawthon, who will be taking over as the DC. Now he has prior stops at Houston, Arkansas State, Middle Tennessee and, uh, Valdosta State in Georgia, the D2 school, which is where he actually is linked to Coach Malunquist. So for them to already have that, that uh, relationship and that past experience together, I think that's something that's super beneficial and, you know, really can only uh, do him in, in the, the defensive unit a lot of good. Um, you know, just moving on then to Chris White on the special teams, you know, he, he actually uh, he was at Michigan as well like Coach Mo, but he coached with the Detroit Lions for a handful of years. But he also has other experience, you know, coaching at UConn, coaching at Iowa, coaching at Syracuse, UNLV as well. But the one thing I like about Coach White is he's really coached all phases, you know, coached on offense before, coached on defense before. So for him to have, you know, a handle on the special teams, that's great. And obviously it's one third of the game, you know, it's probably the most – disrespected side of the game, you know, nobody wants to give those guys credit, but whenever they make a mistake, it's like, Hey, what, you know, what's going on with the specs today. Um, but, you know, having said that, I think his experience having been able to coach in all different phases, that's, that's another, that's another coordinator. That's another position coach in the room. You know, he's just another football mind that I think will be able to contribute um, to, to, to what these guys have, you know, are trying to build and trying to keep uh, going. You know, next up is, uh, Mike Daniels. He's going to be the RB's coach and recruiting coach. And he's a name that you guys should be familiar with because he coached here at UB in 2010. Uh, but you know, he, he's had stops with Akron and Army. Uh, so, you know, he, he knows that he's got some New York experience. He's got some other Mac experience. He also coached at Princeton High School in Cincinnati, uh, Kennesaw State, as well as or- Alcorn State. So again, this is a guy that, you know, he, he, if you, you got to follow coach Daniels on Twitter guys, um, you know, he's probably one of the most interesting follows that you'll ever find. And, you know, I think he's a guy that he brings a lot of energy and a lot of juice. And, you know, I think the kids are really going to be all over that. And, you know, just having, like I said, that prior experience having coached at UB before, um, you know, he wants to keep building this, you know, he saw, you be at some of its darkest days, you know. You know, two and ten seasons and things of that nature. So to see where the program is now, I'm sure he's fired up to really get the ball rolling. Next up, and this is a name that I've really been excited to, you know, deep, do a little bit of deep diving and researching on, is Dallas Baker. Because you know, when I, when I first heard that he was on the staff, I was like, he sounds so familiar. But you know, what it is is, you know, he was a a standout wide receiver for. Florida back in the day, he played with the on the uh, Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, um, Urban Meyer national championship team. So you know he was this, the uh, you know the big time receiver for them, helping them winning um, that that national title, like I mentioned. And you know he's also coached at Marshall, and uh, but also you know just talking about um, Coach Baker, you know he played in the NFL. He actually won the Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers in two thousand eight. That's the uh Santonio Holmes uh back in the end zone catch, you know, talking about Ben Roethlisberger again. But, you know, yeah, like I said, you know, his experience, um, having played in the NFL, you know, and also to to be a standout receiver and, you know, arguably the the top conference in all of college football and, you know, having, like I said, that experience in, in the league and, you know, working with some some pretty dynamic receivers at Marshall. You know, he worked with Tyree Phillips there. So, you know, I think he's a guy that is going to just be able to help coach these uh, these young receivers up. You know, got to got to replace Antonio Nunn and, you know, got to, you know, also, too, with. um the transfer of Trevor Wilson there, you know, he, he's a guy that the, the Bulls are going to have to replace. So again, you know, just a, another name that, um, I, again, a lot of experience that he brings to the table. Next up is Ron Whitcomb, who is back after uh, a scouting and offensive analysis role last season. Uh, but you know, he's working with the tight ends and, you know, he, he actually, uh, had 12 seasons at Old Dominion. And, you know, I think he he's a really uh i like the the fact that he's on staff for several reasons you know like i've I've mentioned before having different experiences he's a coach that was in a program that was in transition that truly went in transition being a program that was defunct for some time that was returned um made its way from fcs waited made its way back up to fbs to being a competitive fbs put out some 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 solid uh Pro Prospects, he actually, you know, uh Taylor Heineke, uh, the backup quarterback of the Washington football team, he actually was one of the guys that, you know, um that Wickham was able to work with. So again, this is this is a guy that he's seen again, he's seen the, the bare bottom of the barrel. Um and to be able to come to a program like UB now that's actually rolling and is humming, you know, I think he's I'm sure he's excited to to keep it, keep things going. You know, obviously he got to uh, get the experience of being on a bowl winning team last season. But, you know, again, new staff and he's making a step up being a position coach now. So next up on the staff, we have Matt Stansfield, who comes from Duquesne, um, who actually spent some time at Waynesburg as well, um, at the division three level. But, you know, Duquesne, you know, he, he obviously got to see you be up close and personal, um, having played against the program, um, you know, over the over the last couple of years, uh, not this past season, I believe it was the season before, but, you know, Duquesne and and, and UB have matched up before. So I'm sure that crossover played into some of his decision making and, and coming up here. He also coached at Howard as well. So coach Stansfield, who I forgot to mention, will be overlooking the offensive line. Um, You know, he's going to have a, a tough challenge having to re- replace Mike Nowitzki and um, uh Coyote Osika being um, off in the NFL, uh, you know, in many camps and things of that nature now. So, you know, I think it's going to be tough and, um, you know, trying to figure out what that next group is because uh, UB's offensive line has been dominant over the last handful of seasons. And, you know, to see what they've put together, it's been it's been tremendous. So we'll see how how things uh, come together for them. You know, definitely rooting for him there and, you know, hoping the best. Next up is Rod Ojung who will be looking over the safety position. Now, coach O'Jong was was last uh at Georgia as a uh, quality control coach. So, he was able to help the Bulldogs go 8 and 2. They won a uh, um a uh, the Peach Bowl this past season over uh, over uh, Cincinnati. So, you know, he he's, you know, got to see football at the highest level at the SEC, but he also coached at uh, UNC. Memphis as well, he helped them get to a bowl game, as well as coaching at the FCS level um, with Furman and Austin Peay. Uh, next up is DeAndre Thompson, who will be working specifically with the cornerbacks. Uh, he comes via Campbell University, so um, but he also was a, a GA at Texas A&M, where he also got to work with Coach Mo um, during the 2018 season um, at his alma mater. Um, and he also spent some time in Missouri, but you know, one thing about Coach Thompson that stood out to me was he was actually selected as the 12th man. Uh, he, w- he was awarded the 12th man jersey and the 12th man award uh, while he was playing at Texas A&M. If you don't know the story of the 12th man, it, it's, it's similar to how the Seattle Seahawks, um, how they call their fans the 12s and, you know, the 12th man and things of that nature. So it's really about a, like a hard work you know, tough, dedicated uh, person. You know, they award that to one player every year. And, you know, he was actually named that, that uh, he was one of the, their award winners of for the Aggies. Um, so, you know, I think that just speak, speaks tremendously of him. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he's able to bring out of these uh, cornerbacks. Next up is Cedric Douglas, the defensive line coach. And he also has some experience with coaching at UMass. He's coached at Arkansas State as well. But the the experiences to me that really stand out for coach Douglas are he coached at Hutchinson community college and, and uh Coffeyville community college. And specifically with Hutchinson, you know, that's actually one of the top JUCO programs in all of the country. So, you know, to see him come from a program like that and, you know, to have those experiences, he actually started out as a high school coach. So to think that, um, he's gone all the way from the high school level, he actually coached at, um, um, Ava Maria in Florida as well. That's an NAIA program. So to think that he's gotten all these different levels of experience. Again, like I said, I just think when it comes to having a coaching staff, especially at the, the FBS level, you know, the amount of experiences that these guys can pull from, I think is just a better situation, you know, and especially with to think that, you know, coach Leipold brought so many of his guys over. You know, and, and to have to really put this staff together on the fly. Um, hats off to Coach Lundquist. Uh, I think this staff has a lot of experience. I think it's got, you know, some guys who have been truly successful, whether that's playing the game, a lot of former players, but also two guys that, you know, who have, who've had success at varying, varying levels. So, you know, whether that's at the FBS level, FCS, uh, Juco level, high school, whatever the case is. So I think that this, this staff really does have something cooking. And guys, before we move on from the coaching staff, I'd be remiss if I forgot to mention one name specifically from the uh, football support staff with the Bulls now. This is a guy who was just brought on within the past month or so, and he's a name that the Bulls faithful knows, um, loves, and knows well. You know, and that's Joe Licata, um, a Western New York native, all Western New Yorker Conley Cup winner with Williamsville South high school. And then, you know, fast forward to his time at UB where he rewrote the record book as a quarterback there. And I was actually able to play with Joe, my, my uh, lone season with the bulls. So again, it's great to see Joe going back into the program and, you know, I wish him continued success and, you know, hopefully we're having him on the show in the near future. So looking ahead now, into the recruiting aspect of the 2021 season for the Bulls. We'll also be diving a little bit into the class of 2022, just with a couple of names, um, because there have been some guys who have already committed to that class for the Bulls. So, like I said, just looking into it, you know, UB is actually only ranked eighth in terms of the Mac conference with the 2021 um, recruits, uh, according to 247sports.com um, of the Bulls, 17, uh, Incoming freshmen for this season, uh, 15 of which are rated three stars or above. So I think that's a pretty significant thing. But, you know, I think one of the coolest things about this class is the fact that there are so many transfers coming in. There's, there's nine, uh, transfers in total who have already decided to join the Bulls roster for this season. And a lot of them have been coming, um, and m- making their decisions in, in the last handful of weeks or so. So. You know, that includes Keon Williams, a wide receiver from Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan. So staying right in the MAC conference, uh, joining the Bulls, uh, Tyler Carter, a defensive lineman from Fullerton College, uh, a JUCO out in California. We've got the two way package with Damon Williams and Austin Lee Williams being a defensive lineman. Lee being an offensive lineman, uh, both coming via Cisco College, another Juco down in Texas. Uh, Josh Rogers, who's coming via Texas A&M and he's a guy that, you know, should be able to contribute on the D line once he's eligible to play. But he's a guy who has ties to coach Bo and, and also to coach, uh, DeAndre Thompson, you know, with both of those guys having, um, had tenures with the Aggies. Um, we also are going to be seeing Jamarcus Ingram from Texas Tech. And he's a guy I think that is really intriguing because he got, um, a decent amount of playing time this past season with the Red Raiders. And for him, he's eligible to play right away. So he's a guy that could figure into the secondary pretty quickly for UB. So again, you know, like I mentioned, the nine incoming Uh, transfers and, you know, I think it's major, uh, especially for the fact that, you know, UB had to replace six different players from the, uh, the, that transferred over, uh, once Coach Leipold brought some of his staff down to Kansas. So, you know, it was needed to be able to bring the, this, uh, group of guys in. So, you know, it'll be exciting to see. We also, I forgot to mention, um, Cameron, uh, from Garden City, which is a, uh, another Juco, um, and he he's a guy that I think could be a really dynamic return man. He's listed as a wide receiver, but, you know, he looking at his uh, return numbers, he he's a guy that could really be a factor in, in that area of the game. So, you know, just looking forward to seeing how these guys um, come in and um, really, you know, make an impact on the roster. And then, again, guys, just looking ahead to 2022, you know, the sky really the, is the limit um, for the Bulls you know there's already s- seven hard commits you know including Mikhailin, uh the quarterback from Princeton uh out of uh Cincinnati Ohio again talking about another connection he's connected to coach Mike Daniels because Mike Daniels was the head coach at, at um Princeton High from 2017 to 2020 so he's a name that you know I'm assuming had to be, had to have been intrigued by Coach Daniels being here at UB. So, you know, it, it's nice to have, see another tie in, uh, paying its way. Um, we also have wesley ETN coming in at, at safety. Nick McMillan, the local Kenesha's product, uh, receiver. Um, Ray Gian Bennett from Trinity Collegiate School in South Carolina. Um, he's coming in as an athlete. So, you know, listed at five ten, hundred seventy 170 pounds. He could be, you know, a factor on either side of the ball. Um, we also have Cortez uh, Braham coming in, um, a receiver from Hutchinson. And again, talking about these ties again, you know, just just the fact that he's coming over after the connection that he was able to develop with coach Cedric Douglas. Um the d line coach, you know so to think that that's another guy coming in with a, a prior uh, experience with a coach is major there's also uh Jackson Paradis running back from Tilton school in uh, New Hampshire, as well as uh devin Grant coming from Holy Cross uh, another athlete listed at six three one eighty so he's a guy who could you know really fill out that frame at six foot three um but just you know even looking a little bit deeper into everything with this class, uh, with these two classes. Um, and I think this, this is something that really shows coach Mo's effect and impact even early on, even, even only being here um two months, being back in, in, um, in Western New York for the past two months, you know, being able to try to reestablish something and, and just keep going along with what coach Leipold had built over the last handful of years. You know, just looking at, the top-rated recruits in UB's program history, four or three of the top six recruits in program history, are all coming in the, the classes of 2022 and 2021. So, just looking at Makai Lynch, you know, or Makai Lynn, as I mentioned before, uh, he he's a kid that you know is the highest-rated quarterback the program has ever seen. So, Coach Lungus, um, being able to bring him on is is major. Uh, Quillen H- Housie from uh, Chippewa Valley. Um, he He's a kid that's coming in as an athlete, you know, with an 85-06 rating. You know, that's pretty major. Um, and the fact that he's coming in with this 2021 class, he can make an impact on either side of the ball again, as I said, coming in as, as an athlete. You also have Jamari Gassett coming in from Tampa Bay Tech, wide receiver um, with an 84-82 Rating according to 247sports.com. So again, you know, it's a lot of different names that the Bulls are going to be able to look at as, hey, you know, these are, are guys that are, you know, especially for UB's program and recent history. These are guys that could be considered blue chip. You know, these are guys that can be considered day one, you know, starters, potentially three, four year starters, you know, possibly some guys that, you know, we could see playing on Sundays, Thursdays and Mondays. You know, so I I think these are some names that, you know, we've got to keep, um, take note of and just really, you know, embrace as they, they come along. So again, um, you know, just, just, just talking about this class and, you know, what the potential of the UB Bulls season could be. I really think for Coach Linguist and his staff to come in and in such a short period of time have to patch things up together and, you know, really just um, recruit on the fly, build a rapport on the fly. Uh, I mean, just try to keep everything going in, in such a quick fashion. Um, I think they're still in line to have a pretty successful season. You know, like I mentioned, I do want to see what the offensive line looks like, you know, with some of the departures. And then, you know, also, too, just talking about the defense, um, what Coach Lundqvist will be able to do with that side of the ball um, I, I think will be intriguing as well with his defensive prowess. So again, it's, it's all exciting. Um, and these are good. These are good problems to have. And, you know, when you're a perennial bowl contender now, you know, the stakes are different. So that's the point that UB's at. And it's exciting. So again, guys, I really appreciate you listening. If there's any comments or suggestions that you have, send them away. I definitely am always willing to uh, listen to that. So. I appreciate you guys for always uh, looking out. And, um, again, this is Kyrie Demos, the host of uh, Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast, brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. Take care, guys. We'll be having some more content coming out for you soon. Hopefully some guests coming out um, your way as well. So stay tuned for that. Take care, my friends. Be well. And horns up.